Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer and one-a-day brand vitamins. Can you name three common words in the English language that begin with the letters S-U, but which sound as though they begin with S-H? And there you have the first question in today's School Kids Questionnaire. And you Quiz Kids at home have about 40 seconds to get the answer before we call in our five juvenile brain busters. And here they are, the Quiz Kids. Like every schoolroom, our classroom of the air has a teacher. And here he is now, the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Well, I have a question box full to the brim with brain teasers today, and we have a guest observer, a prominent American educator, Dr. Henry Noble McCracken. Now, kids, let's show Dr. McCracken some of your top-notch schoolwork and tell the folks listening who's in class today. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 11 years old and in the seventh grade at Lincoln School, Park Ridge, Illinois. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 10 years old and uh, go to Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. Rennie? I'm Rennie Templeton. I'm 12 years old and I'm in eighth grade at the Kenwood School in Chicago. Joel? I'm Joel Kupperman. I'm 11 years old. In our 17-year-old school, Chicago, Illinois. And in our seven-year-old department, Richard. I'm Richard Weitzler. I'm seven years old, and I go to the University of Chicago. Well, good for you, Richard. That's fine. Yes, sir. <laughs> I know. It's a little warm today, and we've got to be a little slow about getting around. Now, back to that first question from Patricia Carroll of Long Beach, California who wants you to name two common words in the English language that begin with S-U, but which are pronounced as if they started with S-H. Uh, Pat? Well, there's sugar. Sugar's one. Can you think of another one, Lonnie? Sure. Sure, you bet. That's right. <laughs> That's two. Can we think of any others? Only ask for two. 
Well, that's fine. There's Shirley, there's Sugar, there's Sugar Plum, Sugary, Surety, and uh, so on down the line. All right. Well, that means, for sending in that uh, first question, uh, that uh, Patricia Carroll gets a Zenith portable radio from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Of course, if you children had missed it, instead of the portable radio, she would have received the big $250 Zenith radio phonograph combination. Now, here's our next question. Mrs. Donald E. Kinnett of Los Angeles, California, is very much interested in the Western Hemisphere Defense Conference being held in Rio de Janeiro. She pictures the conference room very gaily decorated with flags of the American republics. If delegates took their places under the flags I described, what countries would the delegates uh, represent? First, under a flag that has four blue stripes alternating with five white stripes. In the upper left-hand corner is a square white field supporting a sunburst. Uh, Rennie? Isn't that Uruguay? That's right, Uruguay. That's correct. All right, now, a flag that is divided into two stripes, the upper stripe white, the lower stripe red, in the upper left-hand corner is a field of blue bearing a single white star. Now, what country is represented? Lonnie? Uh, Cuba. No. no. Richard? Chile. Chile, that's right. Chile. When 63 sportsmen invade Chicago looking for bears, that's news. And that is what will happen Friday night when the college all-stars come to town to gun for the Chicago Bears, the national professional football champions. James Yukius of Chicago feels that you quiz kids should be able to identify the nicknames of the all-star players suggested by these songs. You are to get all three of them. And here's number one. Joe? That's the uh, old oaken bucket. That's right. The old oaken bucket. Lonnie? Buckets Hirsch. Buckets Hirsch. Northwestern. Northwestern University, right. Uh-huh. Here's the next one. Lonnie? My buddy. My buddy? Buddy Young. Buddy Young. Claude Buddy Young. Uh, star from uh, where? Illinois. That's right. University of Illinois. And here's the last one. Lonnie? Laughing on the outside, but uh, I don't know who the player would be. Well, laughing on the outside, and uh, what's the rest of the title, uh, Pat? Crying on the inside. Crying on the inside. So we have two clues there. Joel? Well, I don't know. It, it sounds like a double uh, one. It could be Davis and Blanchard. That's right. Because Davis is Mr. Outside and Blanchard is Mr. Inside. That's the answer? That's correct. That's right. <laughs> Little Richard is, is really enjoying the show. He's applauding with the audience here. Now, uh, <laughs> nothing like uh, bringing your own applause. Now, here's a question from Mrs. R.F. Nichols Sr. of Flint, Michigan. That ought to be lots of fun, kids. Maybe you listeners would uh, like to try this at home along with the quiz kids. It's not as simple as it sounds. You quiz kids have all just been given pencil and paper. Now then, Mrs. Nichols wants you to spell the name Detroit out loud... And at the same time, write the word Michigan on the piece of paper. Now, all right. When I say go, start spelling Detroit out loud. And remember, you've got to yell out those letters. And at the same time, write Michigan. One, two, three, go. Capital D-E-T-R-O-I-T. 
All right, now I want each of you to pronounce the word that's on your paper. Remember, no cheating on this. Just read what's there. Joel? Uh, again. How'd you spell it? Uh, capital M-I-C-H-I-G-A-N. Fine. All right, Lonnie? Capital M-I-C-H-I-G-A-N. Well, so far, so good. Uh, uh, Richard? I am, I couldn't spell it. Oh. <laughs> I think Richard's doing a little doodling over there. All right, uh, Rennie? Well, my spelling's not so good anyway. I what? have M-I-C-H-G-A-N. <laughs> and Pat. Well, uh, just I was starting to spell and write, my pencil broke, so I don't have anything. Oh, say, we really had difficulties. Well, that was a lot of fun, and I'll just take and bet you a lot of the folks at home were trying that, too. And now, Instructor Murphy will take over with a few pointers for you mothers at home. Subject, how to pack a picnic basket. Well, first of all, put all the moist foods in glass jars. Pack the more fragile items on top, and don't forget the salt and paper napkins. Then move everything over from the corner of the basket and tuck in a package of Alka-Seltzer because the combination of potato salad and ice-cold pop, cheese sandwiches, chocolate cake and pickles and ginger cookies and olives... <coughs> say, I'm getting hungry here. But as I was saying, it's quite possible that an unwise mixture of good things to eat and drink may result in acid indigestion, which can surely ruin the picnic fun. Now, that's where Alka-Seltzer comes in. Just drop an Alka-Seltzer tablet into a paper cup full of water, then down the hatch with a sparkling solution it makes, and on with the fun. There's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer to bring you fast relief from acid indigestion. Did you hear me? I said there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer to bring you fast relief from acid indigestion. Get that Alka-Seltzer today from your druggist in either the 30 or the 60 cent size. Thank you, Bob. Now, children, here's a puzzling question from George Hill of Bremerton, Washington. If you were calling on your girl, and instead of taking her some Chanel Number no. 5, you took her Spilogaly Putorius, what, uh, would she be just as pleased, Pat? Well, no, she wouldn't, because that's a skunk. That's, that's right. The, uh, that's she, right. Was she wouldn't like that, would she? <laughs> well, that was quick, all right. <laughs> Mrs. Effie Hansen of Normal, Illinois, asks you to imagine that we are in a courtroom for this question. We shall attend three trials found in literature, and in the first case, you will hear the attorney for the defendant. This first attorney really doesn't appear in the book at all, but see if you can tell whom he is defending. Now, get uh, two out of three on this. All right, now... Wait until Judge Kelly gets out his gavel. <clears throat> the uh, attorney for the defense will please proceed. Uh, Your Honor, uh, before this trial proceeds any further, I wish to exercise my right as attorney for the defendant by objecting to certain members of the jury. One of them is commonly called mad, and another, I speak... Frankly, Your Honor, I mince no words when I say another is a plain lizard. Pat? Well, that would be uh, Alice in Wonderland. Well, and... Uh, by uh, Lewis Carroll, wouldn't it? Yes, and uh, who would be the defendant? Uh, well, the defendant would be um, the Jack of Hearts. The, uh, well, that's uh, pretty close, really. The Knave of Hearts. The Knave of Hearts, that's right. Uh-huh. Well, in this scene, the prosecuting attorney general speaks. Gentlemen of the jury, my evidence will prove that the prisoner has been passing and repassing between France and England on secret business of which he can give no honest account. 
This jury being a responsible jury, and I am sure you are a responsible jury, this jury must positively find the prisoner guilty of treason and make an end of him whether they like it or not. Who is the defendant in this case, Rennie? Well, that's in Tales Two Cities by Charles Dickens. And the um, defendant is... Uh, I oh. know it, but I just can't think of it right now. You better call on somebody Pat? else. And pray. Well, uh, it was Charles Darnay, otherwise known as Charles Evermond. That's right. He was on trial for treason in the Tale of Two Cities. Now, this last trial is from a movie. You have been demanding actual proof of my client's identity. And yet it's a case in which up to now no such evidence could be exhibited. You will all agree that any evidence submitted by the United States Post Office cannot be overlooked. I submit for your inspection these letters sent to my client by the United States Post Office. What further evidence could you ask for as proof of his identity? Really? Well, that would be in Miracle on 34th Street. The defendant's name in the picture was Chris Kringle, but in real life it was Edmund Gwent. That's very, very good, Rennie. Really. That's right. <laughs> Mrs. A.E. Erickson of Minneapolis, Minnesota, seems to be in a bit of a quandary and would like you kids to help her out. She wants to know just what you would do if you were a babysitter and the baby wouldn't stop crying. Now, just what would you do about it, kids? You know, I should be answering this one. Many's the time I've faced the same problem. <laughs> Joel? Well, I've always thought a good cry is healthy for a baby, so I wouldn't do nothing. <laughs> you just let the baby cry, huh? Mm-hmm. Unless, unless I knew she was crying for something, then I'd give it to her. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Lonnie? Well, first I'd go and... Well, in the first place, if I was going to sit with the baby, I'd come prepared with a lot of cotton and stuff in my ears. It should get too bad. Then I'd try to find out uh, what he wanted. If the baby was older, if it was two or three, and it wouldn't stop crying, I don't know. I might, I might have to call his parents. It got too bad. Uh-huh. But if it was little, I, I just don't know what I'd do. You just don't know what you would do. Uh, Rennie? Well, I just started sitting the other day. I was uh, a few little girls... Uh, Three and three or so, and they uh, one of them started crying. But anyway, I I came previously prepared with uh, some things. I brought a book and some things, and uh, keep them from crying. I just uh, I like so I like sleight of hand, so I'd reach up in the air and pull down a piece of gum from the fairy, and that stopped them. Oh well, say now that's a very clever idea, Rennie. That's fine. And uh, Pat? Well, uh, I don't think we have much trouble about that lot around our house because our baby very seldom cries. But in case I did have to sit, uh-huh. I would uh, if the if the baby just wouldn't stop crying, I'd take a rattle at it, and if that wouldn't and if that wouldn't stop it, I'd just lock the doors and go in and let it wait and die out. Oh, uh-huh. Well, that's uh, that other uh, part of your uh, idea. There's a rattling good idea. I must say, uh, Richard. Well, if the baby wouldn't stop crying, I'd give her a bottle. And if, and if they didn't leave the body... Bravo! Well, that's very good, Richard. That uh, usually works out uh, very good. <laughs> I think that's pretty good for seven years old. Now, uh, here's a tickler for you from uh, Miss Claire Moser of Covington, Kentucky. 
The hands of a watch stand at 11 o'clock. 48 hours later, how many times will the minute hand have passed the hour hand? Joe? Uh, eight hours later, it would have um, passed, uh, well, at 12 o'clock, it would have passed it once, and so on, until uh, at uh, eight hours later, it would have passed it six times. Well, we're, we're talking about uh, 48 hours later. Oh, wait, sir. Pardon me. Then it, uh, it passed, uh, the minute hand had passed the hour hand 26 times. No. I mean, 22 times. No. No. Mm -hmm. 48 hours later, the hands of a watch stand at 11 o'clock, and 48 hours later, how many times will the minute hand have passed the hour hand? Uh, Rennie? 24 times. No, no, it? I'm sorry. Joe? 46 times. No. Ronnie? 47 times. No, I'm wondering if you kids are guessing at this. You, you can work it out, you know, uh... Lonnie? Well, in the first place, the, uh, hour hand would pass, uh, the, or rather the minute hand would pass the hour hand in, uh, well, if it's at 11 o'clock, the hour hand is at 11, and the minute hand is at 12. Well, the next hour, it would pass at exactly 12 o'clock, and, uh... So, 48 hours later... How many times will the minute hand have passed the hour hand? Joe? Well, between uh, 11 and 12, it uh, would pass it at 12 o'clock. And then later, uh, between the 1 and the 2, it would pass it. That would be twice. And between the 2 and the 3, uh, it would pass it again. And the 3 and the 4, uh, it would pass it again. And also between the 5 and 6, and so far. So the first 12 hours, uh, it would, uh, up to the 11, it would uh, pass it, let's see, it would pass it 11 times. And then in the next 12 hours, it would pass it 11 times. So? So listen. In the uh, next 12 hours, it would pass it between 11 and 12, and then the 12 and the 1, and uh, around again 11 times. That would make it 22. Yeah. And then the third time, it'd make it 33, but the fourth time, uh, it wouldn't go past it uh, because uh, it'd be just up to it. Wouldn't, would you count it passing it uh, at the 11 o'clock when it was just up to it? Well, no. You, you... Uh, then it would be 43 times. No, wait. No, wait just a minute. No, it's, uh, all right, Joel. Uh, 44 times. 44 right? times. That's right. Absolutely right. That's really, uh, that was a toughie, believe me. Um, Ruthie Schaefer of Sayreville, New Jersey, wants to turn the subject matter to a more serious vein in order to talk about violinists. She says that there are three famous violinists whose first names end in S-C-H-A, Shuck. And she wants you to get two of them. Lonnie? Misha Elman. Misha Elman, that's one. Joel? Does Yafetz, uh, Yasha Heifetz? Yasha Heifetz, that's two. Can you give me the, uh, there's a third one. We only need uh, uh, two, but there's another one. Well, it's uh, Tasha Seidel. And now, Bob Murphy with a one-act dramatic type feature. Scene one, the family living room. Time, right now. The cast, one homemaker known as Mother, and one sample of small fry, alias Junior. It is the happy American home. Or uh, is it? Curtain. 
I'm late. Junior, you almost broke that lamp. How many times have I told you not to slam that door? And don't you dare turn on that radio. But, Mom, I gotta hear the quiz, kids. I can't help it, dear. Mother has a nervous headache, and I simply can't stand any noise. Mom, please, can I turn it on low, even? Well, all right, but very softly. Mothers, if a nerve-wracking day has left you with a miserable, nervous headache, Alka-Seltzer is just what you want for relief. Yes, Alka-Seltzer can bring you soothing comfort and fast. Mom, he's talking about you. To ease up that headache, just try an Alka-Seltzer, then glance at the clock and you'll be amazed to find out how fast Alka-Seltzer can ease up the headache that's making you feel cross and miserable. Now, I hope you bought your extra package of Alka-Seltzer yesterday so you won't find your tablets all gone right now when you need Alka-Seltzer's fast relief. Remember, an extra package on the side keeps your household well supplied. That's good advice, and if you heed it, you'll always have Alka-Seltzer when you need it. Gosh, Mom, how did Mr. Nerf Murphy know you had a headache? I don't know, dear, but I could kiss you for turning on the radio. Now, you get Mother a glass of water, please, while I get the Alka-Seltzer. Cut curtain. <laughs> and the moral is, of course, folks, don't turn the radio off when I bring you the Alka-Seltzer commercial. <laughs> Bob, I promise I never will. <laughs> and now we have a few more questions to wrap up, Quiz Kids. Suppose all the travelers now heading for our vacation spots in this country decided to visit places whose names matched their business. For example, a wrestler might head for Niagara Falls. You get the idea? Well, now, Robert J. Schmidt of Moline, Illinois, wants to know where these people might go. A watch manufacturer... Where, what town would he go to that might be apropos for his particular line of business? A watch manufacturer. There's a town not so very far away from Chicago where he might go. It would be a good town, Rennie. Really. Might it be Elgin? Elgin, that's the idea. Now we're getting places. Can you think of any other towns? A watch manufacturer. Where else might he go? Lonnie? He could go to the Atlantic Coast, Tick. Atlantic Coast, uh, Tick? Tick Tock. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. That's a dandy. And uh, can we think of any more? Any more? All right. Uh, how about a locksmith? Where might he go? What town? Lonnie? Lockport. Lockport, that's right. That's a good one. Can we think of any others? A locksmith. Lonnie? Key West. Key West? <laughs> oh, we're really traveling. Can you think of any others? All right, how about a mathematician? Mathematician. Where might he go on his vacation? Hmm. Mathematician. Rennie? Uh, I'm not sure. I, it just some, something struck me. Isn't there some place called Division? I, th I, I, I think it's somewhere um, in the east. I'm not sure. Division? There could be, Rennie. I think so. I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you where it is or anything. I just, I, it just struck a familiar ring. Well, that, uh, that's, that's a very good answer. Uh, let's see if we can think up uh, a couple more. A mathematician. He's going on his vacation. He's going to pick out a town that sounds something like mathematics or... Well, of course... Uh, he could go to, uh, uh Rennie? Well, um, he could go to, uh, Tulula Falls in, uh, Virginia. He could, that's right, that's very good. 
And, uh, can you think of any more? Of course, you can go to uh, Times Square or the Pentagon Building in Washington or the Great Divide. <laughs> those are all on my card here. I didn't make those up myself. Uh, Rennie? Or right here in Chicago, you could go over to one of the quadrangles. That's right. The uh -huh. University of Chicago, that is. That's right, he could. All right, well, that takes care of that question. Now, um, Mrs. Lena Bradish of Puyallup, uh, Washington, says that she's been a listener to you quiz kids since you first went on the air. Just as she has learned to know all of her closest friends through their voices alone, she feels close to you because for 17 years she has been blind. So, addressing you as her friends, she would like to hear you quote the Bible verse that means most to you. Joel? The 23rd of Psalm, it begins like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. <coughs> he leadeth me beside the still waters. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Fine, Joel. And, uh, Pat? Mine is in Matthew twenty-two, twenty-one, right. And it says, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. And uh, Jesus said that when the Pharisees were trying to trick him into saying that nobody should give any tribute money to Caesar. Well, that's a very fine selection. And uh, Rennie? Well, I like the whole chapter of first, uh, the whole 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, but I'll just say the first two verses and the last one. And that is, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith that I may remove mountains without and have not charity, I am nothing. And then it ends. And now abide these three, faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. Thank you, Rennie. Lonnie? Well, I like Psalm 119, the 105th verse. Thy word is a light unto my feet, or a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. All right. And, uh, Richard, how about you, son? I like First uh, John, 4th chapter, 8th verse. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Thank you, Richard. Well, I guess that's the last question for today on account of the school bell says so. And so you quiz kids chalk up another excellent school session to your credit. And now it's time for the judges to make out your report cards and let us know which three quiz kids earned the honor of a return bout next week. And while the judges add up scores, it is my pleasure to introduce our guest observer today, President Emeritus of Vassar College and one of the country's leading educators, Dr. Henry Noble McCracken. First of all, I should like to commend you and your sponsor for conducting one of the most entertaining and educational programs in radio. You quiz kids have proved many times how well they know their country's history, and I'm sure that they recall how vital to our early advancement was the phrase, United we stand, divided we fall. Let's not forget it now, when some misguided or scheming people are trying to divide Americans 
by appeals to racial or religious prejudice. If we let them succeed, what a sorry picture we should make before other peoples in the United Nations whom we are trying to show that democracy will work. Racial and religious prejudices are roadblocks obstructing the orderly advance of democracy. How can we remove these roadblocks? Well, let's begin with ourselves. Let's recognize that our neighbors have a right to a different color or creed. Let's get along with our neighbors as neighbors. Let's refuse to listen to or spread stories based solely on prejudice against creed or color. That isn't too difficult. All we need is a little more self-control, a little more courage. Just remember, united we stand, divided we fall. Thank you, Dr. McCracken. It was a privilege to have you on our Quiz Kids program. And now I know you listeners, and especially you quiz kids, are anxious to know the judge's verdict. They tell me that our whole class, they didn't miss any questions. Lonnie was first, Pat second, and Rennie third. You three will be back in school next week, and your competition will be Ruthie Duskin, age 13, and John Pollock, age 12. This is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until the same time next week. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Mr. Kelly. Mr. Kelly. Oh, Aunt Mandy, is dinner ready? Yes, and it sure is, and I got a good hot weather meal. I've got chicken salad, sliced tomatoes, potato salad, deviled eggs, and iced tea. Ain't that scrumptious? Sounds swell, but put the one-a-day vitamin bottle on the table. Yes, too often meals that we like to eat are short on vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel nervous, irritable, and under par. But here's how you can be sure of your vitamins. Take one one one-a-day brand, multiple vitamin capsule every day. Lack of vitamins can make you feel tired and dragged out. Take one one one-a-day brand, multiple vitamin capsule every day. At your drugstore, look for the figure one on the blue package. Take one one one-a-day brand, multiple vitamin capsule every day. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday over most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.